Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! And on today's podcast, we are talking about The Philadelphia Experiment 2. That's right. The Philadelphia Experiment 2 is a movie that basically has it all. It has time travel, radar invisibility, baseball, (laughs) and extreme close-ups of hamburgers. (laughs) (laughs) I think that about sums it up. (laughs) Great recap. I was like, this movie has so many elements like of other movies. It reminded me kind of, of of Captain America, Indiana Jones, The Rocketeer, Terminator, Cube. Cube. It just, but bad. No, you like, know what? Just done badly. To be honest, I really like this movie. It, well, <laughs> you're kidding me. Let me say I liked eighty percent of this movie. Oh, it had me. The production value was low, kind of like Cube, <laughs> but the concept was great. Yeah, the concept was great. The execution was bad. So how does that happen? How do you have a good idea for a movie and then you don't get it made big budget? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. This movie was so weird to me on a lot of levels. Like the fact that it's a sequel blows my mind. That means there's a first one. Oh, was the first one good? You know what I mean? Like, you know how sometimes there's, like, a movie, and then they want to make a sequel, but they don't really have the money for it, so they crank out, like, a low-budget, oh. crappy sequel? Is that what happened? Or are they both at... Low-budget. Because I've never heard of these movies. So, are they at equal levels of crappiness, and this guy somehow have, had the money to make another one? Well, here's a question I had. The main character... Uh, played by Brad Johnson. <laughs> so you know a movie's going to be great when it starts off going, Brad Johnson, The Philadelphia Experiment 2. Oh. Like, whoa, he gets his name Top before billing. the credits? Top and billing for Brad Johnson? It's such a non-celebrity <laughs> name. However, I liked him. I thought he had some good celebrity quality. Why didn't he never? Why did he never make it? I mean, he's okay, but I think he's just... He's good looking. He has a good, you know, f- 40s look. But he, I, I don't think any of the acting was very good in this movie. I think that's part of the thing. You had a great concept. It just wasn't written well or acted well. Or budgeted well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about, and then there was a part where it did really slow down. And... Um, yeah, it... Yeah, and so it dragged. But I liked the topic of the movie. I liked how it pulled itself out. This is a great question about the first one. And honestly, I don't have a lot yet predicted. So hopefully I, we're going to talk it out and I'm going to figure out yeah, we'll have to what see. the first one's all about. One all thing right. I love, too, is that so Brad Johnson plays a character named David Herdeg. Yeah. What kind of name is that? They love calling him Herdeg. It's a name that they want it to catch on. <laughs> yeah. So, my only thing is maybe there's a famous, like, physicist or something, like, a you know, in history named Herdeg. Because why would you name a character that? It's got to be a real person. So... In full disclosure, we watched this for free on YouTube. <laughs> we sure but did. with Spanish subtitles. But here's the thing. When you opened up YouTube mm-hmm. and you found this movie, there were other videos that said the Philadelphia Experiment. Is this based on a real experiment? 
No. So you don't know the Philadelphia experiment? The one that's... <laughs> there's one so, outside of this movie? There is. So the Philadelphia experiment is a famous hoax from like the 50s about like World War II. Okay, and this so movie? I, I don't know a ton about the hoax, but the, the idea is that there was a secret government experiment yes. by the U.S. government uh-huh. to make a ship disappear. Well, not a... Aircraft carrier. Del- not or- an aircraft carrier like it is in this movie, but a boat ship. Okay. The USS like something. Like David Copperfield style. Right. So they m- apparently made this ship disappear, but... And then there's something... I don't know all the details of the hoax. I didn't want to research it too much because I didn't want to right. give away anything in the first no movie. No spoilers. But yes, there is a real Philadelphia experiment in the sense of there's a real hoax, but there wasn't an actual experiment. Well, here's something to chew on. What if it wasn't a hoax? <laughs> what if it was real? What if they really made it disappear and in doing so, they sent someone back in time and that man's name, David Herdeg. <laughs> this movie based on true events. This yeah. is like Dolphin Tale. Add that to your list of movies this is like. Oh, man. So, yeah, it did start off with such a great concept. We get, like, an opening scroll, and it's like, basically, they did this experiment into stealth technology in 1943, and they accidentally sent this one guy. They pushed him forward in time 40 years. And But here's the thing. Everyone else on the aircraft carrier or whatever it was died they melted horribly yeah, i was gonna say it only died it said that they melted into the ship yeah which makes sense with time travel except for david herdeg who survived and they attribute it to his special dna yeah there's something unique about his dna his what's blood. going on with his dna that I lets him travel through time he's like a henrietta Lacks character <laughs> i don't know that reference <laughs> but okay <laughs> Then, so now this movie now is taking place nine years after his original push forward in time date. So here's where I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with those nine years. I'm obsessed with, you're this guy. You're David Herdeg. It's 1943. Boom. 40 years later, minus nine years? No. No. He goes to 1984. (laughs) There we go. Okay. This movie takes place in 1993. There we go. So it's now been nine years. And somewhere in in these nine years, he's had a son. So this is my question. The first thing he did when he was propelled forward through time was bang a future lady? <laughs> of course it was. Are you kidding me? Well, okay. Yeah. I need to take this moment apart for a second. <laughs> You wake up, you find yourself 40 years in the future. Everyone and everything you've ever known has disappeared. All of your comrades are melted into a ship. You've traveled through time. You're from the 40s, and now it's the 80s. What do you think that sex was like? I mean, probably crazy. Probably coked up and listening to Flock of Seagulls and, I don't know, with some crazy future woman. Did he... I mean, that's got to be the best thing he's ever experienced. Do you think he was like, time travel's the best? Maybe. I don't know. I'm hoping that they cover all of this in the first one. Yes. I hope that the... Because this was all about going back and building a ship and World War II stuff. I hope the first one's just about him getting his dick wet. In the 80s as a man from the 40s. Yeah. That would be a great movie. I know. I hope the first one's like a romantic comedy. That would be the Philadelphia just, Experiment, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> like, Hobie just walks out and is like, gee willikers, what's going on here in the 80s? And then some girl in, you know, Madonna fashion, is, you know what I mean? It's just like, let's bang in a in a new wave disco. Yeah. They just go to a club, like the club from the first Terminator. And they just, you know, they do some coke and they bang in the bathroom. The, and then out comes Benny. Out comes little Benjamin. Because how old do you think Benny is? He's oh, like eight or nine, right? That was one of my biggest questions because there's some parts of him that seem like older. I mean, parts of his character. <laughs> He's got an old looking head, but an eight year old's body. Because there's some parts that are just like... Um, so innocent, but he's on this little league team, yeah. and he seems to get there himself. Yeah, he's always there by himself. His mom is dead, which oh, sequel trope to yeah. the nth degree. Another dead mom. So whoever this Madonna fashioned woman that he bangs in the bathroom is, she's dead from an illness. It seems like probably 1940 syphilis that he brought back with him after oh working God. on an aircraft carrier. That would be amazing. Yeah, he brings some kind of. STD that nobody has like built up antibodies for from the past. He infected her. God, I really hope that's what the first one's all about. That would well, be so great. Here's the other thing within those. You've nine- been infected with a strain that we haven't seen in forty years. She's like, well, I banged a time traveler. If that if that's not what the first one is, let's write that movie. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I want to write. Like, what a weird thing to set a movie 40 years in the future plus nine years. Yeah. I love that premise so much. <laughs> and then, like, what are you doing for the last nine years? Yeah, banging everyone. It's like the time traveler's wife, but instead of a wife, it's just like bachelor time traveler. Yeah, I, I guess. So now he's a single father raising Benny. Wait, here's a question. He's raising Benny, but he goes to see who I thought was a therapist, but Me isn't too. a therapist. It's... James Longstreet, who is the, he invented the Philadelphia experiment. He did the experiment. And James Longstreet says to him, this is a stressful year. You lost your business. What in those (laughs) nine years was his business? What business did he set up? I don't know, because also... Let's speculate on a, that. There's a part where Benning wants to like play catch with him. He's like, leave me alone, I'm working. It's like, what? What job did you get? All he was doing was balancing a checkbook. <laughs> Maybe he's frustrated by future tasks. I guess. So he goes 40 years into the future, meets a lady, has a son, opens a small business. What is this guy's life about? But what? now in this one, he's like fighting Nazis and blowing up stealth bombers. Yeah. What? I- so this one's about like... Fighting Nazis and the first one's about opening a business? I hope it's... What? You know what? I hope it's like a bakery or something where Denzel's wife was. I hope all (laughs) the dead wives and missing characters of movies past have traveled to this little nexus. They're all working together. I'm wondering if he's maybe running a business with something that he learned from the 40s or something. Like, did you ever see the... It was like a Hulu series with... James Franco, based on the Stephen King book. Did you ever see that one? With where the, he has the to... Langoliers? <laughs> no, I forget <laughs> the name. But James Franco has to go back and try to stop the Kennedy assassination. I have not seen this. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. <laughs> but one of the things I really like is like, so James Franco has this friend in the present day 
who sells 50 cent hamburgers. Okay. And he's like, always goes to this guy's little hamburger shop. And he's always like, man, I don't know how you afford to sell hamburgers for 50 cents. And then we learn that the guy's going back in time to the 60s and like buying all his meat at 1962 prices. Oh. And then is coming to the present day to sell it. Is he making a profit in the present day? Yeah. Because he's going back, he's buying hamburgers for like a penny and selling them for 50 cents. But that's so weird because wouldn't they have been 50 cents in the 60s? Well, I, look, I look, don't know I don't the know entire the economics, but what I'm hoping is that David Herdeg is in the 40s. Maybe he, maybe when he went into the future, he had like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he had like $5 on him and it's now worth. He either had an almanac like Biff or, or something like he had some kind of business plan that helps him. He's working on his own syphilitic vaccine. <laughs> he's like, I brought this disease. I'll cure this disease. I have this special DNA. Or let's go with your hamburger thing. He makes these hamburgers for an elaborate <laughs> amount of time. He just had a bunch of hamburger meat with him on the ship. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but it's something like that. Okay. But I'm so curious about his business, his dead <laughs> wife, his sexual experiences. Did he do any drugs? Just what a world. Yeah, what was he doing for nine what years? What a world. So weird. So now we're in the present, or so now we're in 1993, and this guy Mahler is the son of a Nazi, but is now, I think, running a private business where he makes weapons? Yeah, what? But he, and he's going to sell it to the U.S. government. Yes. So... He is now what he is calling perfecting the Philadelphia experiment. It's a thing he calls super stealth. He's obsessed with it because it was his father's life work. His father and Longstreet used to work side by side. Because you were saying Longstreet developed or instituted the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. So they were, yeah, they were working on this together. And it was, I mean, it was a failure because everybody died except for Herdeg, who went into the future. So was it a failure? Good question. (laughs) I mean, it depends on how good his hamburgers were, I guess. But so, yeah, so this guy Mahler, he's now trying to perfect it. And, but he's doing these experiments and the experiments are fucking with Herdeg in 1993. Longstreet says you're destabling his DNA. Okay, here's a big question I had. And one thing I really like. He says he's destabilizing his DNA. And we know that Herdeg has this special DNA. Herdeg's strategy is to go away from the area. (laughs) Yeah, Herdeg's not very smart. Here's a couple of things. Are we to believe that he returned to... The same area he's from? Yeah. Or where the ship was? Yeah, everything. He's from like a small town in California, and that seems to be where everything is happening. So, if it's in his DNA, if he's the only person to survive time travel, even if he went 100 miles away, wouldn't he still be affected if you're bending space and time? Of course. I think his plan is horrible. Yeah. But... I like the way that they represent this, though, in the movie. Every time they do an experiment and his DNA is destabilizing, like, the world's, world starts melting yeah, around him. Yeah, that looks cool. That was actually well done. That I, was, like, a good special effect. It was a great special effect for 1993. Is a good way to show their point. Um, and he'd have, like, a bloody nose. Yeah. So, so they're doing all this experimenting. And then, basically, what happens is he's right about to go to Benny's big baseball game. And then he... Basically, goes through a time loop or a time hole. Okay. Before we get to the time hole, I have one or two more things that's happening. One thing I really liked with Mahler, he's trying to perfect the super stealth, the cloaking device. Yes. So, he does this demonstration 
of cloaking. And this like stealth bomber goes invisible. They're obsessed with invisibility, which I yeah, think is I don't know why. Funny. <laughs> well, because if you're an enemy can't see you coming, you get the drop on them. Right. Um, we'll get to that. But I love where he's like, we did it. We made this stealth bomber invisible. Except for this other company that used acoustic tracking in Germany. And now with sound, we can see them. So I like that he, they show early on he's a problem solver. Yeah. He really made the ship disappear, but it could be detected through acoustics. So he's like, it's not really gone unless it's invisible. And he is obsessed with complete invisibility <laughs> and yeah. making something disappear. It's not just undetected by instruments. No, it's got to be really invisible. It's got to be really invisible, yeah. which I think is insane. And then we get... I think get, it's insane that that's what this movie was about. I love that as a premise, <laughs> though. I love it as a premise. Then we get Benjamin, which let's take a minute on Benjamin. Benny. We probably should, yeah. He's the son. He's bereft of his mother. He's living with his weird 1990s but 1940s dad who yells at him. He's not a good dad at all. Oh, my... Like a 1940s dad. It's like Don Draper style. <laughs> but his... I mean, to be fair, his DNA is destabilizing, so... But that's true, but there's a great point where, like, this kid just witnessed his mom die of some illness, we assume. His dad passes out in the kitchen, and he's like, Dad, are you okay? (laughs) And David Herzé goes, go to your room! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But Benny has a question at the beginning of the movie. Oh, I love this question, yeah. All right, I'm glad we're talking about That I want to ask you. It's a great question. He says, in a fight, who would win? Terminator Versus Predator versus RoboCop. It's an amazing question. Yeah, he starts off with just Predator versus Terminator. Then he's like, I, me and my friends were talking about it, and Billy threw in RoboCop. And I was like, oh, damn, you're bringing RoboCop okay, into it? Okay, so let's take it apart one by one. Like a bracket. Terminator right. versus Predator. I, It's tough. Predator is an alien. Terminator is an indestructible robot. Predator is the ultimate hunter. This would be a great, mm-hmm. great game for him. But I feel like Predator is better at organic prey i don't know about predator hunting a robot and also how would terminator which terminator are we talking about that's a good question but all right arnold schwarzenegger defeated predator in predator one and arnold schwarzenegger is the terminator that's a great question i would go with terminator but i'm worried it's just because i like the movie better me too that was my same thought process I would totally go with Terminator. And then Terminator versus Robocop. That's easy. I don't think Robocop would beat either of them. No. Because he's like a cyborg. He's just kind of an enhanced man. Sure. So I think Terminator would kill Robocop. I do too. Then I kind of like this discussion because Herdeg acts like he's never heard of any of these people. But he's been there for nine years. So would yes. he have watched these movies? This is the nine year question mark <laughs> yeah. I have about what this whole thing. What was he doing? Thing. You didn't go watch Predator when it came out, dude? I have never seen a movie that said we're 40 years <laughs> in the future. Plus nine years this guy's been hanging out. Now let's check in. Those nine yeah. years fascinate me. I know. Because... He's going out and, you know, banging ladies in the club and having kids and starting his own business. So it's not like he's, oh, I'm only doing 1940s stuff. Like you're living a life as a man in the 80s. I think he would have seen Terminator. Right. So then he's like, how about Superman? Because I like that, though. He's from the 40s and that's all he knows. And then the kid says Superman is a wimp. Uh, I think Superman actually maybe would have beat all those people. 
All of them? He's Superman. I don't actually like Superman very much as a superhero. He's too overpowered. Like, he could do everything. I don't know. Think about Predator. Then you have Alien versus Alien. If Predator could track down... If Predator could fly to Krypton and get some kryptonite, then maybe. Predator might have the best shot at defeating Superman. Superman. Because I don't think Terminators can travel to other planets. Now we're going (laughs) to... See, I was worried to ask this question because I feel like I could discuss this. This could be the whole podcast. This could be a schoolyard question gone awry. Here's the other thing. Then Benjamin brings up adamantium, which is, I think, an obvious nod to Wolverine, but he never said the name Wolverine. Right. And then he's like, I traded my lunch for this adamantium, and he pulls out, it's like a hood ornament. Which I thought was so (laughs) good. I love that touch. And he's like, it's the most indestructible thing in the world. So I thought it was going to come back. I think it was just to show that Ben's dumb. He might be simple, but he's raising himself. It's probably all the syphilis like that he had <laughs> in the womb. I mean, he is raising himself. Yeah, he's just always at these baseball games. How's he getting to Little League practice? He's got to figure it out. Also, why do they have four cars in the front lawn? Okay, you know what I just realized? What if it's a car business? business yeah. It's a mechanic. He's like, oh my God. He, he knows how to fix old, old cars. cars. Oh, yes. Look at that. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's why I love this podcast. We need to travel back in time and make that prediction. But I loved that question, and I wanted to ask you. So for the final billing, Terminator, Predator, Robocop. I mean, it's one of these great situations where I think Superman... I I think Predator beats Superman, but Terminator beats Predator. So it's really it's, depends on matchups. Where do you think Wolverine fits in? That's a great question. Could adamantium claws cut through whatever the Terminator's made out of? For sure. They have to. Yeah. So Wolverine would just but, slice and dice Terminator, no problem. But not the T-1000. Oh, liquid metal. Yeah. To be continued. Could the T-1000 <laughs> turn his claws into adamantium claws because can't he you recreate replicate. everything he touches? But is he made of his own material? Or does he recreate? Mm. I don't know. I'm going to say we have to put this on hold. No. But I want everyone else to have this same discussion and let us know what they think. Because I think this was the best question of the movie. And I love the time travel element. Yeah. All right. So that's Benjamin. Oh, also, here's a weird thing. You guys might not know this. But Ellie has an uncanny ability. Talking about superheroes. (laughs) The best facial recognition I've ever seen. So... Whenever somebody pops up on screen, she'll be like, I know that actor. And no matter how obscure, no matter what movie you pick, if you pick Philadelphia Experiment 2 off YouTube, if she recognizes somebody, and I've learned not to doubt it. Because, you know, some people will be like, I know that person, but they don't. It's a nobody. Ellie really does. So she recognized the actor who plays Benjamin. Yes. I mean, how can you forget this face? I did. Any normal person would. Well, I mean, and how could you not place him as clearly a walk-on addition to an episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, he's in one episode of Seinfeld. From around the same era of 1993. So he's the in the frozen yogurt episode. Yeah. He's the one that calls Jerry a funny fucker. Yeah. But Benny. it was that kid. I knew it. It was. Oh, baby. looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Did he do anything after that? No. Looks like he stopped acting in that's the 90s. That's when he peaked. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So that's Benny. Now the now the plot really kicks in. David Herdeg goes through some kind of time loop. And I thought at first that he was propelled into a dystopian future. Because he walks outside of his house and now everything is 
rubble rubble dilapidated crumbled society immediately a helicopter's like you are in quadrant d and start shooting at him all the hallmarks of dystopian, dystopian future. future but it's not it's an alternative future where the nazis won and it's still 1993 it's still 1993 but the nazis took over america they even like tell him in every may we celebrate va day it's victory over america day yeah and it's important to note that all of this is taking place may 3rd is the day he disappeared may 3rd 1993 is the day like he goes forward in time so may 5th is va day 2 days later i again the movie i liked it it's not the future. It's the same timeline. Brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's all great concept. And then he meets up with resistance fighters, which I always love. Whenever there's a resistance, there, it's always led by a attractive female minority. Yes. I don't know why, but in every dystopian, especially 80s or 90s sci-fi movie, the resistance is led by a minority female. Right, because that can only happen in alternative reality. I guess that's true, yeah. It's messed <laughs> 90s. up. 90s. I love a resistance, so he's about to get captured by some, you know, alternative Nazis, and the resistance shows up and blows them all away with shotguns, and then they take him. This is a future where everybody has a barcode. That's a big part of dystopian or alternative realities. They give him a fake barcode. They, like, draw it on him. Well, actually, they borrow it from one of the resistance fighters' dead brothers. Yeah, he's like, we haven't declared him yet. But I don't know how that works. Here's... I had... A couple questions about the resistance fighters. They show up in this quadrant, but then they're like, we'll get back on the bus and act like we went to work. Are They're not hiding out. They're still a part of society. Yeah. How did they get here and how they get guns? I, you know uh, what I mean? Usually the resistance is either separate or apart. Yeah. But were they just like, oh, we're on patrol. Oh, we killed a bunch of soldiers. <laughs> now we're back on patrol. Because there was footage. Yeah. I feel like the resistance was not, they didn't really think it through how it actually works too well. But, I don't know. I like a resistance. I love that in a movie, too. I also, you know what, to give a nod to this 90s movie, you like The Melting Kitchen, they did a lot of point-of-view shots. Yeah, they, they did some weird camera, camera work. Yeah. yeah, there's one point where they he falls and they throw the camera in the dirt. Yeah. You know, they're trying to make it very... Uh, he's the main character. We're seeing everything through his eyes. Yeah. So this one scene I really liked with the resistance, they're getting like a random ID check because they're trying to find Herdeg and they go to scan him, but his barcode's not scanning. And then they realize it's drawn on and they make, they take the saliva from the resistance leader woman. I don't know why they have to put their finger in her mouth, but then they like wipe it off. Then this other woman in the resistance like saves them by creating a distraction and this distraction's so great, she gets up from the line and says, I gotta go, I'll see you all in hell. <laughs> what a great last word. She is in the resistance, 100%. Oh, yeah, she's... And then she gets shot up. Yeah. She sacrificed herself. She's willing to die for the resistance. But here's the thing I needed to know. What was the resistance woman's name? Did I she no get idea. a name? I have no, no idea either. Clue. Um, She had great hair. 
like their names were all weird. They were kind of like weird sci-fi yeah, names. Like, like one guy was named Sweet and one girl was named Scotch. Yeah. But then one guy was just like named Brian. Like there were like <laughs> some regular names. But I have no clue what her name is. It made it seem like she was going to be like a really central character. Like they were going to make her and her egg almost have like a love story. Right. But it was, it, it went it, nowhere. If I don't even know her name, like why do I care about them together? There's only even like one scene where she's going through his wallet and he's like, what is this? And he's like, that's a credit card. She's yeah. like, what's credit card? I like that scene where it's she, he's trying to explain this alternate reality to her. She's like, why is your picture so bad in this driver's license? And he's like, that's how they all are. I love that <laughs> A little scene. bit of social commentary. I also love how when he's transported through the time hole to the future, he's in the same house. But it's dilapidated. Yeah. But he's wearing all the clothes he was transported with. Yeah. Which includes this baseball cap. The baseball cap gets left behind. But it gets picked up by one of Mahler's people who's going through looking for evidence. Because apparently Mahler has all this knowledge, even though it's the future. Right. So we should say, so now Mahler, who was like a private defense contractor in 1993, in this one he's working for the Nazis. I thought he was the president. I don't know if he's that high up. But he's he's somebody of authority. Okay. Um, and they find the hat and they bring it to him and he looks in it and they're like, explain this. 1993 made in USA. Yeah. Because the USA was dissolved 50 years prior. Mm-hmm. And he goes, must be a novelty. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> but I like that whole explanation of past th- or alternate reality. Yeah. Well, I like, all right, so they fill us in on everything that happened and why this future was created. So basically, the super stealth that was created in the first 1993, it works. And now this ship called the Phoenix, which I'm not sure is the same one from 43. I don't know. But there's this stealth bomber called the Phoenix. It gets sent back to 1943. The Americans never see it coming. And they use it to bomb Washington, D.C. And 15 million people die. Yeah. A nuclear bomb. So then Mahler Sr. takes credit for it. He's like a Nazi official. He's like, I did it. And then they're like, great, build us more of those. But he can't replicate it because it's a ship from the future. He becomes disgraced and in the 60s kills himself. Yeah. So now Mahler Jr. in this new 1993 is obsessed with clearing his father's name. He wants to go back in time to make sure that the... Oh, because... When the Phoenix kills all the 15 million people, it also blows up and yes. is now destroyed. And you can't recreate it. And he can't recreate it. So he wants to go back in time, make sure the Phoenix is not destroyed, clear his father's name. And I, But I don't know. He still wants the Nazis to win. So I'm not sure what his why he's so obsessed with this. I guess he just wants his father to not kill himself. I have a lot of questions about the Mahler storyline, because that was the one I would always lose the thread on the most. I mean, it's pretty convoluted. But... I love the idea of the alternate realities. Here's a question I have for you. They blow up Washington, D.C. 15 million people died. Yes. And now we're saying that the Nazis took over America and won the war. Would that really have won World War II? If in 1943 the Nazis bombed Washington? Yeah, I think so. What do you think happened? Do you think America surrendered? Yeah. Here's the weird thing. I had to know. I was like obsessed with what was going on in World War II okay. in May of 1943. Here's something that's interesting that makes me like the writers more. What? Winston Churchill was in Washington, D.C. in May of 1943. He was visiting and making a speech to Congress. Do you think the writers of the Philadelphia Experiment 2 factored that in? Maybe. 
So if you take out FDR and Churchill at the same time, and you kill 15 million people in Washington, maybe America does surrender. But then what about the Soviet Union? Because really the Soviet Union probably would have taken Berlin even without the U.S. and British help. Maybe. This is like... The adult version of Benny's schoolyard <laughs> question of Terminator versus Predator. I think, yeah, I think it's... But I do think that, like, an attack on U.S. soil with nuclear weapons would have ended the war, and they would have won. I don't know. And then I, w- I would want to know, like, what's going on? Where are the Japanese at? Where are the Soviets at? What's going on in this alternative 1993? Yeah. I don't know. How did the swastika get changed? Because in this new... It's like mushed up. It's like a mush swastika. Yeah. I like that they use all the language of the future. I did like that for the writers, too. New World Order. They're calling it all of these things. They call all those helicopters the peacekeeping aircraft. Oh, yeah. There's all these 1984 things in the background of children chanting, like, educate, procreate, (laughs) hygiene. (laughs) Yeah, that stuff's all pretty well done. I thought that was well done, too. Mahler's in charge. Mahler's a worthy adversary. They love filming his face with, like, heavy shadows. Yeah. Speaking of Mahler, I want to get to a point where I was really confused. Okay. But I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead because there's a lot of time jumps here. They jump back in time, eventually. Eventually. So, well, I'm skipping over a lot, but... Go for it. Are there multiple Mahlers? No. I think Mahler is also playing his father. I think it's the same actor. I was so <laughs> confused. I'm like, so there's 1993 Mahler meeting 19 or different no. time alternative reality Mahler. Also, there's cowboy hat Mahler and that- there's <laughs> suit wearing Mahler, but in the same time world. So I'm like, are there like three or four of him? No. For some reason, they they have like this video that Mahler is watching and they're scoring it to like Flight of the Valkyries. And for some reason, he doesn't like it. And uh, there's just one random scene where he's wearing a cowboy hat and he makes like this, I don't know, like country band do a song for his propaganda video. I, no, I don't understand that at all. That was in the same 1993 we find ourselves in now? That is in the... Nazis won 1993. But what Why about... is he into cowboys? No clue. Because he does say this is the last frontier. Okay, but he wasn't wearing that like two scenes prior. He was wearing a suit and it's he just... was the president. But this... I was so confused. I thought he was like the sheriff and the president. He just decided for that one scene to put on a cowboy hat and listen to this band. Okay. Why? Nobody knows. Well, here's but that was not a different Mahler okay. or a different reality. There's only one. Because maybe he's multiplying through time. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. Here's but I don't the think thing. so. In the Nazis one reality, he has the knowledge of Herdeg. And he wants his DNA. Yes. So the Philadelphia experiment still happened. And they know that this Herdeg guy did go in the future. And like his dad probably told him the secret shit that went down. So he does know. And Longstreet is also in the future. And Longstreet knows when Herdeg is coming back. That's why he sent the resistance to get him. So I think both Longstreet and Mahler Jr. know that Herdeg is coming. Okay. And so he wants to get Herdeg's DNA so he can travel back in time. This yes, is the plot. Without dying. 
to clear his father's name to make sure the phoenix doesn't be to make sure the phoenix isn't destroyed so any how much blood does he need to travel back in time successfully <laughs> i mean when he doesn't i think he just shoots like one one syringe full okay. so not that much i'm fascinated with the dna aspect also here's another question because this reminds me of the question from the beginning because it's a lot like terminator it's a lot like yeah. wolverine um In the cowboy hat scene, in the New World Order, the Nazis won 1993. Right. There's a character named Decker. Yes. Who is like, what, the secret police? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a Gestapo guy. Um, But he's just in comparison to Mahler. Yeah, I really want to know what they were going for. I think maybe, I don't know. Maybe America is allowed to retain some sort of independence and and just be used as kind of a resource colony. I did not get that impression at all because they have labor camps because they have Freedom City, which I think is so funny, <laughs> the labor camp, which is where all of the resistance fighters reside and they have to yeah. go back to. I, I don't know. because Why it, go back and not just live in the <laughs> rubble? I don't know. I think that Decker works for the Germans and... Because he's in like an SS uniform. Yeah. And I think Mahler works for somebody different. I think if I had to guess, and I really don't know because it's not explained in the movie, I think that America maybe surrendered and they're allowed to keep a government that is just under German control. They're like a colony of the German Empire. Oh. And that Mahler works for the appeasement government. And Decker works for the Germans. Oh, that would be interesting, and that would be clear. I think well, that happens. I don't know. Here's one thing I really liked about this movie until about this point in the movie. <laughs> it explained things so clearly and so directly and so did, well yeah. that you don't often get in a movie, first of all, of this caliber, because you you think not great movie, not great explanation. Yeah. They explained everything so well, and you know, with time travel, it gets confusing, I thought it was such a direct line. And then we get to a point where I just have a lot of question marks. In 1993, Nazis won reality. Herdeg meets up with Longstreet. And Longstreet right. says, we're going to send you to Alaska. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh. And then the leader of the resistance, whose name we don't know, she said, oh, you're going to Alaska. I heard it's pretty there. Is that like the last holdout? It must be. This yeah, how are me- Nazis going to take her over Alaska? Yeah, it's a little bit like the Hunger Games, too, in some ways. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Maybe it's like a free district. Yeah, because so all all the resistance seems to want to do is stop Mahler from going back in time and, like, clearing his father's name. I think all they want to do is maybe keep things from being worse. But Herdeg's trying to tell him, like, no, none of this should be happening. Like, things could be way better. He wants to actually, like, stop the Phoenix from ever blowing anything up. Right, which... Kudos to Herdeg, because for the most of the movie, Way the first part, he seems like he's just fumbling through, you know, balancing his checkbook. <laughs> just yelling at his kid and trying to work. Here's a question I had, too, during this scene, because this is when he they're doing the wallet explanation. He has a picture of his son. Because right. in this 1993, Benjamin doesn't exist. Correct. Because he never met the Madonna girl. Exactly. And... I mean, the first thing he wants to do in this Nazi reality is bang this resistance leader. <laughs> yeah. Herdeg. I love it. Men never change. I mean, throughout <laughs> history. But he pulls out a picture from his wallet of his son who doesn't exist. And everything I've learned from time travel is that it should have disappeared. It should have disappeared. Well, also, okay, so now when they go back to 1943 Nazi Germany, which, first of all, how are they traveling through space 
and like you know through time and location. Yes. Like usually if you travel through time you're in the same spot, but they go to 1943 Germany. Mahler meets his father. Now he's like a grown-ass man meeting his father. Which you're telling me that was his father and not alternate him. No, that was he says okay. papa. Then um Herdeg blows up the phoenix, saves the day, but right before he jumps back in the wormhole, Mahler shoots him. Now Mahler is standing over him like he's going to kill Herdeg. But then Mahler Sr. shows up and is like, son, what are you doing? Or whatever. Herdig kills Mahler Sr. And then when that happens, Mahler Jr. gets sucked back. Like what In I time. Was, right. So what I was thinking is, because he killed his father, does Mahler Jr. now not exist? Never be born? Was he not born until after 1943? But then how does he still have a photo of Benjamin? And this is this is the part of the movie. Right, the rules aren't adding up. Yeah. This is the part of the movie that lost momentum Oh, God, And yes. got really confusing for me, where I'm like, there's ten guys, the photo exists, but he killed his dad, there's a giant wormhole floating around. I was really lost. Right. Um, I mean... Also, I love this scene, because Mahler, I believe Nazi Mahler, mm-hmm. says, I need the tech, my tech, and your blood. Right, yeah. All the tech in this movie was bad. <laughs> it was supposed to be futuristic, but it was like... Worse than the 90s. They were pushing in like 8-track tapes into different players. No, this movie did not look like 1993. No. Like, it was bad. Because yeah. when was Terminator 2? Like, 91, 92? Yeah. It, which still holds up great. This movie looks like it was made in the 80s on a like a Commodore 64. But exactly that. I thought it was weird where... It was really bad. The tech, the future tech, wasn't even up to 90 standards. (laughs) No, it was not. So, all right. So now he blows up the Phoenix. He saves the day. Oh, before he gets sucked back in time, the resistance leader, who we don't know, gets killed. She gets shot. And then, so I thought she was just done. But now now he goes back to the first 1993 that we got to know. He's late for his son's baseball game. Right. Like, Benny just went to the game by himself. Of course. He shows up. He's like, I'm here. And then he sees the resistance lady. She's like a mom of one of the other Little League kids. In the stands. What? Why would she still exist? Wouldn't the entire timeline change so the butterfly effect, she would never even be created? I have a theory, which is her egg is like one of the founders of the Philadelphia Experiment. And Wait, his, what? His whole purpose is to work with Longstreet and create this experiment, but he doesn't care about, you know, warfare and stealth and technology. He just wants to travel through time and fuck as many women as possible. <laughs> he just wants to travel through time and bang as many women as possible. Okay, but he, he was going to bang... This woman, when she was the leader of the resistance, is he now going to try to bang her in this 1993 where he's a widower? For sure. What has she taken? Like, she has a kid. How does he know she's single? He's going to travel back in time, <laughs> kill her husband. <laughs> that kid will never be born. This and then is he can smash. all an elaborate plot for him to travel through time. Don't you think that that would be a great movie where a man creates a time machine just to bang throughout the different I mean, eras. it would be much more realistic. Um, but I thought that was crazy. Here's the thing that got me about that scene. The son, as he, the dad arrives for the game, as her dad arrives, he's up to bat. He sees his dad. He goes, Dad! Leaves the home plate. 
for like 10 minutes, stops the game, and just talks to him through a fence. I mean, look, when your dad shows up through time, I mean, I think you get to pause the game for that. But then they call him back to bat, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to lose unless you get a home run. <laughs> Movie ends with a home run. The scenes with him and his son were so corny. Like, they would play this, like, lame family piano music and like they were shining all this sunshine on oh. the boys like blonde hair i mean i guess it was a good juxtaposition with like the dystopian alternate future but it was so corny uh, yeah but all in all i really like this movie except for the the mauler meeting himself but i guess it's his father back in the alternate reality that really confused me lost me and slowed down but the rest of the movie i really enjoyed no, I only liked the concept. I don't think I liked the movie at all. The execution? Yeah. But I am really excited to predict. All right. Do you, well, now I feel a little bit better. I'm glad we talked it out because I think we're going to be 1984. Yes. Herdig wakes up. What the hell just happened? He's got to find Longstreet. Wait, do you think it starts with him waking up? Or do you think it starts on the aircraft carrier in 43? I think think, there'll be a nod to 43. I think these movies are badly made. So I think that, like, this movie had this long-ass boring intro where we're looking at flight paths and, like, computers and stealth and presentations. So I don't think this movie knows what's good about it. So I get the feeling we're starting in 43. We're going to see a bunch of shit going on with this experiment. Okay. It's going to take a long time for us to actually get to what we want to see, which is a cool concept, which is a 40s dude waking up in 1984. I think it's going to be, like, 20 minutes before we get to that. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I can see that, too, because they have to establish Longstreet as the founder of the experiment. Yeah, it'll be cool to see young Longstreet. Even though in this whole movie he didn't age at all. (laughs) He looked too young to be, like, 70 years old. Yeah, because how... Yeah, because he's supposed to have aged 50 years, but he looks like he's 60 years old. Yeah. So was he a 10-year-old running this experiment? Baby geniuses. (laughs) (laughs) It all ties in. So I think, okay, I like that. Start in the 40s. We get him waking up. We get him in 84. Maybe we do get a love story. Oh, we're definitely going to get a love story with whoever Ben's mom is. Are we going to get some Captain America like hijinks where he's like, what's this? And she's like, it's a blender. Because there was like the only really, the cool thing about. You know, time travel movies is you get to comment on different eras and have social, you know, satire. And the only scene was when he's going, th- is when that resistance leader is going through his wallet. And she's like, what's a credit card? And he's like, credit card? That was a legal way to sucker the middle class. And she's like, what's the middle class? So, like, I don't know. Yeah, it would just be great if he's just walking around being like, what's a computer? What is this music? What? Yeah. Is- yeah. I would love that, too. And then we see him being like, you know, trying to holler at the woman that will be his <laughs> wife. Then we see him start his business of fixing old cars. Oh, that's got to be it. Yeah, that has to be. If that's not it, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> if that's not it, why the fuck did he have four junk cars in his front yard? That's got to be it. But what's the sci-fi plot? Like, do you think Mahler is in it? That's kind of a key question for me. Yes. You know what? Yes. Because he needs to be. He needs to be continuing his father's work. I think he's going to have a vendetta against Longstreet and be like, you know, you were successful, but my father died. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
I don't think he is in it. I think they're going to find out the secret of him surviving. They want to run experiments on him. The government wants to capture him. That could be it. Okay. And test his DNA. And that, that could be it. I like that. The The bad guy is a government. He's like an E.T. character. And yes. the bad guy is the government who want to find him and experiment. He's got to hide from them. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he meets this girl. Maybe she's... Maybe she's like a government worker who is sympathetic. Okay, like a Florence Nightingale type thing. Yeah. All I right. don't know. Yeah, maybe something like that. But man, I don't know. Because this movie was so... I mean, there's a resistance and there's going back in time and there's killing Nazis in time. Is the first one going to be as high concept? No, but I liked this movie. Also, so I wish I knew more about the actual Philadelphia experiment. We need to watch one of those other YouTube videos, <laughs> and I bet you there'll be a character named Herdig. I think the names may be derived from the There's gotta hoax. Be. There's got to be. However, I'm going to claim right here that it's not a hoax and that it was successful and so, that all of this really happened. So, <laughs> in the world of the movie, do you think the hoax exists? Do you, do you think the hoax exists? Like, do you think there's a conspiracy theorist yes. or like, I think it really happened. I and love that idea. Up. And then it did happen. And then they're like, I knew it. That would be great. Maybe like Longstreet's this disgraced, crazy scientist who everybody thinks is nuts. And he's like, just wait till May 1984. I think that'd be great. Like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. I don't know. I don't think we have a fully fleshed out plot, but I think we have a lot of elements of that could plot. happen. The government, yeah. Mahler, Longstreet. Herdeg, Benny's not in it. If Benny's in it, I'm throwing in the towel. No, Benny couldn't be in it, but we're going to see his conception. Yeah. Oh, do you think we will? You think there'll be a long, awkward love scene? Yeah, with like 80 synthesizers playing. I would love for that to be in this first one. Definitely. But I just hope there's a little more, I don't know, like levity. Like a little more, have fun with, you have this great concept of a guy from the 40s waking up in the 80s. Like, have more fun with that. This yeah. one was too serious. Well. Took itself too seriously. It should have been more fun. All right. Well, we'll see what happens in the first one. I know. Well, I'm excited to watch it. All right. Well, this one we watched for free on YouTube. I think the first one we have to pay for. So. Oh, really? $2. So it better be good. Yeah. Like those. How many hamburgers is that worth? <laughs> All right, so as always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We've already seen you. Holy sir. Hello. (laughs) Reverse sequel.